Welcome to The Fix, the podcast made for the trades, where we sit down with inspiring individuals across the trades to discuss their unique take on the industry, including career paths, job site stories, overcoming challenges, and everything in between. I'm your host, Catherine, a marketer here at Odie, with my co-host and friend, Doug, one of Odie's resident experts in all things trades. The Fix is more than a podcast. It's a community, a community built to support tradespeople and inspire the next generation of essential pros. Let's start the conversation. All right, Doug, we have a really exciting guest today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I'm telling you, Catherine, we had a great season so far this year and last year. We're bringing in a lot of different uh, folks to explain the the different journeys they took. And today is just going to show you one more of those paths. I know this is a really unique approach for us because we haven't really had a conversation in this sector. So I think it's really going to give us some highlights even more into how big the trades are and how how vast they are. Absolutely. And our guest today, Mike, he is going to take us on a journey and because he is an extension of Odie. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Well, great lead in. So I want to introduce today our guest, who is Mike McLeod, the owner and managing principal of Harry Warren of Georgia. Hey, Mike, welcome to The Fix. Hey, guys. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. We're, we're very happy that you're uh, taking some time out of your busy day for us. Yeah, absolutely. This is so fun. And, you know, Mike, if you wouldn't mind, uh, let's go back, right? I mean, it's, I'm sure it's only been a couple of years, but if you don't mind telling us kind of your uh, career journey and what you've been doing so far uh, and where you are today. Yeah, so uh, I've been in the business for 22 years, uh, like most. Uh, I went to college. Had you know, for uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but you know, you needed to go to college. Uh, and coming out of that, I was looking at opportunities in, through through school. Did a lot of uh, restaurant work, waiting tables, which is kind of fitting for the sales uh, industry, where you learn a lot of different personalities. You learn to multitask. Oh, yeah but uh, really kind of looking for what that career path was gonna be. Uh, coming out of school, we I had a close family friend that owned a manufacturer rep agency down in Florida and didn't really know mm-hmm. what that was. Didn't understand, knew he was in the plumbing business, but wasn't really sure what, what that day-to-day looked like. Sure. So uh, I asked him for some if I could come in and learn some business experience as I was trying to find out what that next path would be and came in and started doing some inside sales and learn what the manufacturer rep was in the plumbing business and really felt uh, a big draw to the business. It was a really unique industry. Uh, it was a really fun variety of interaction that we got to, to deal with. And you had a very specific customer base uh, that we got to focus on. Um, and through that process, I worked inside sales for a couple of years. And then he had an opportunity where he was gonna open up an agency in Georgia. So I was offered to help come up and open up that agency. So that's when we became Harry Warren of Georgia. Oh, great. And through that process, uh, we merged with another company, we brought on some additional people, and we went through a rapid time of growth. Mm -hmm. We really just built the business up, uh, really focused on the diversity of our sales force, and we were commercial and residential, showroom, uh, and it really just grew from there. So managed that operation uh, for him for 10 years, and then uh, the other manager and myself, we got the opportunity to buy the business in 2013. So I've been owner of Harry Warren of Georgia since that time. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. I mean, what a great path to go from 
being, you know, boots on the ground, you can literally say to your, uh, your associates, uh, I wouldn't ask you to do anything I haven't done, right? Because you have done everything from getting in and hitting the ground floor to helping stand up a new division, which it, it sounds like that time that you were in Georgia was when they were booming as well, I can imagine. It really was. And, you know, moving here in 2003, uh, we got all the excitement of growing a business from the ground up, mm -hmm. uh, really learning how to go out and kind of create an identity from scratch. Sure. Um, as opposed to taking over a different business on a territory that had been around for 60 years and, and really learning how we can be a unique uh, atmosphere and, and uh, entity in the market. So it, it was incredibly rewarding and it's been an amazing ride. And then we went through the 2008s and had to learn really, yeah, sure. you know, what the what the bad times look like mm -hmm. and what you got to do to succeed and keep the doors open. And then we came out in 2013 when we uh, took over ownership and really learned how to manage a growth time right. in the business. Yeah. How we use that time to diversify our business, add to our sales team mm -hmm. and really provide companies like Odie uh, the best opportunities we can in the market. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, you know, I have a question. Uh, you know, Odie, as we seek out our reps, we mm -hmm. are obviously looking for the best of the best. There is no second best when we're finding reps. Yeah, you got it. And Mike and his team, obviously, they are some of the best. So one of the questions I have, we talk about diversity. What, what process do you go through, Mike, when you decide what products you would like to rep that's a great question. And what it is, is when we look at it, because rep agencies built on different layers themselves. We have an inside sales team, we have an outside sales team, and then you've got your owner and management level. So what we take with the manufacturers we partner with are what is their direction and opportunity for growth in a market? Is mm -hmm. it a mature market where sure. manufacturers just trying to maintain their share? Or is there a lot of upward mobility if we put the right strategies and people in place? So through that, agencies like ours, when we're looking to grow, that's why we don't just have a residential focus. We don't have just a mm -hmm. commercial focus. We are looking to have the most robust sales force for a company like Odie that's looking to grow themselves. It's not just with, hey, here's new products for residential, which they do great at. It's how does Odie go out and expand into commercial? How does Odie look at new products through acquisitions and innovations to expand into the showroom in the design segments? So from that, as we look at growing, we look at opportunities with our partner manufacturers mm -hmm. of their growth strategies and opportunities for the long term. Yeah, that's great. You know, and I even want to take just probably a step back and for maybe some of our listeners who don't know or understand what is a manufacturer's rep and why it, you know, where do you play in between the manufacturer and that engineer, the architect, the plumber? Um, can you talk a little bit about how that is such an important role and what a manufacturer rep is and does for um, yeah. vendors and also the trades? Yeah. So it's, it's really that conduit in between the two and what we are is an extension of the manufacturer's sales force where their eyes and ears and voice out on the street, based on where their needs and goals and new products are. But we're also bringing the information back from the field. So we've all seen manufacturers that maybe bring out a product and they've done all the development in a vacuum and you know in a back room, but they mm -hmm. haven't gotten that VOC voice of the customer. Yep. So what we should be doing is helping provide that information, bringing back in that contractor, engineer, wholesaler perspective of where the needs are and make sure we're developing around that. Sure, yeah. 
So there's interactions we have daily that, you know, with our sales team, their daily routine and opportunities look like calling on a wholesale distributor for our mm -hmm. partnership, make mm -hmm. sure we have the right products and support in the market. We're calling on contractors, doing trainings, doing the pull through, jumping through hoops to make sure we're helping them problem solve, sure. especially in today's environment when the supply chain is so stressed. Right. We're calling on engineers and architects from the specification side, making sure we have the prioritization of being listed or basis of design. We're calling on builders, we're calling on school facilities, where we have a lot of different touch points that all funnel back into what we call the demand creation process. Mm -hmm. So we're not just a sales team, we're not just trying to make a quota, trying to sell you an order and move on. We're trying to make sure that we're creating demand in the market for Odie so that when that customer has a choice based on all the options given that they they come with Odie based on these support mechanisms we're outperforming. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know what? I always try to think of the perfect question that I want to ask for each one of our guests. <laughs> and I've been really dwelling on this one question. All right, let's and I hear think it. Mike's gonna Mike's gonna be able to drive this home <laughs> for us. Okay. So Mike, one all of the right. things that we talked about all last season and this season are what are the multiple opportunities in the plumbing industry? Okay. So a lot of okay. folks think, okay, if I enter the plumbing industry, I gotta be a plumber. Okay. What we're trying to show our our audience is the fact that there's a lot of different avenues in that plumbing. Now, being a wholesaler, okay, can you explain to us all the different trainings and and visitations and, and how many hours you guys spend learning plumbing systems? Because what I feel is if that, con if that person out there in our audience doesn't necessarily want to be a plumber, he can stay within the industry and go the path that maybe you and your team have gone but utilize a lot of that knowledge from the plumbing industry itself and learn about rough-ins, you know, learn about code, learn about, you know, reading prints, you know, that type of thing. Because you don't just deal with the wholesaler. You're an extension, like you said, of the contractor, the architects, the engineers. You run the whole gamut. So how do you go about your training and, and getting your real-life experiences out there? Yeah, that's perfect. And and that's a lot of what we've done. And I think if there's something y'all can look at as a recurrent theme in all your episodes, it's really that emphasis on training mm -hmm. and getting that end user with product in their hands and the familiarity that gives that long lasting loyalty to a brand like Odie. So what we do is at all those levels, Doug, we go through and we'll do training at the contractor shop. We'll bring people to our office where we have a training center. And certainly Odie's got a top notch training center up there for a factory visit. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of guys that can have, can say they've done a solvent weld class next to a lot of others, where we'll go through and do a pressure test afterwards and create a little competitive atmosphere. Nice. But that's something that they will always remember after visiting the factory and the facility and really make sure that we've got that built in. So all those areas, it is in such demand through the trade associations, through PHCC, through the ASA for the American Supply Association, there is such a focus on providing resources to our customers and to our partners that allows us to go and make sure that we are hands-on and face-to-face -face in providing that education. We do it every day, every week, at every opportunity we can get. Yeah, and I have, I've had exposure to Mike and his team in, in certain situations, and I can tell you that Mike and his team they want to understand plumbing. Mm -hmm. They don't just want to sell a part. They sure. want to know how that part works. Right. They want to know how people misuse that part. 
and then mm-hmm. they want to be problem solvers as an extension from Odie. So they're technically technical technicians of plumbing right. without actually touching the plumbing. Exactly right. <laughs> and, and we have we have multiple uh, salespeople on our staff that have come from a wholesale background, have come from a contracting background. Mm-hmm. So they've got those real world experiences. They've got that familiarity built in and making sure when we're in front of a contractor class, whether it's new construction or service, we can go through and empathize with what they come across, but also make sure we're going through a best practice of what we're seeing from any of our manufacturers and, and really kind of get that hands-on feel for it. Mm-hmm. So Mike, um, what would you say kind of sets um, your agency and your group apart from the others? What do you think you do a little bit differently or something that um, really allows your your growth and your success to happen? Yeah, but... So I think there's a couple foundations for that. Part of it is really the diversity of our group from a technical aspect. We've got members of our group that are absolutely dedicated and focused at the commercial segment. Mm -hmm. We've got groups that have a great background on residential and uh, commodity type products for where their focus lies. And then you've got a showroom specific personnel that understands that. So what we're not trying to do is make one person uh, wear multiple hats to where they have to go in because we're so diverse today. And, and so are our manufacturers right. on what we're trying to provide support that you can't have one person, one size fit all. Sure. We need to have those resources in house that provides them the ability to get the support they're looking for in a very specific manner. So from that, we also uh, really dive deep into the way that we go out and we communicate and we today is more about solution selling mm-hmm. uh, because sure. of the supply chain, because of the the volume that's being demanded right now. So instead of saying, hey, we don't have that product right now, it'll be three to four weeks, right. et cetera. Hey, here's something that will work because of X, Y, and Z. Here's something if you need it now, we feel like we can go out, train your group on and make sure we're giving you a solution within your needs. Yeah, that's so key right now, especially in the market that we're in, which, you know, we're probably going to be in for a while of just how to continue Mm -hmm. to do that solution selling. So what do you think is the most rewarding part of your job? I think it really is the, the variety of what we get to experience. Um, You know, like, like others, I knew that we did, I didn't want to come to a job every day and just sit in a cubicle and and Mm -hmm. do the the repetitious uh, routine. I second that. Um, We get a lot of great variety from face-to-face human interaction. It could be making sales calls at a customer's shop. It could be bringing them up for a factory visit. It could be the trade association type counter days and and events that we get to do. So a lot of variety built in is amazing. But one of the other things when I got started was going out and making sales calls with some of the veteran sales guys and realizing from the start when we went into a customer's shop, they, these were friends. These weren't making a sales call and moving on to the next. These are guys that talked about uh, their families, talked about the ball game before we really got into any kind of product. And now that I've been into it for 22 years, you really stop and appreciate those relationships that mm-hmm. we've built. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the most amazing parts of this segment is it is all predicated on relationships. And it is about uh, people buy from who they want and they do have some uh, decisions on what direction and it's usually people buy from who they know. And those relationships are the foundation of what we do in this in this business. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I'm going to add to that. It's not only who you know, Mike, it's who you trust. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I can go to Best Buy today and I can buy something from a salesperson <laughs> and guess what? I just made a visit. Okay. When I buy something from one of our reps, okay, I'm creating a relationship. Yeah. So I'm trusting that they're going to sell me the best products in the industry. Okay. That are offered through my wholesalers. And if I have a problem, I know that rep is there for me. He's not just there to sell me an HDMI cord today. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's all about credibility. And if that should be where it starts at every conversation is making sure you're the credible resource they can rely on. Um, most of this is not about if things go wrong, but when, and are you there to help support them through that process? Don't give them a quick answer. Don't give them a bad answer. Give them the right answer and make sure that they know that you're there to support them based on all those factors involved. Yeah. You know, it's like anything in life as a contractor, Mike, when, when life was good, I never talked to you, but I wanted to know that if life went bad for me on a project or something, uh-huh. I had somebody to help walk me through the process, help stand by me, had give me the guidance. Absolutely. Yeah. had my back. And, and you know what you and your team, you know, they, they uh, emulate that. And uh, that's what's so special about you guys. It really is. And today more than ever, like you mentioned, it's, it's a, it's a hard environment, even though the demand is so high, it's great. But it is tough because of all the variables in the market right now between mm-hmm. what products are available, yeah. what quantity, uh, what transportation uh, issues get thrown at us. So it is about, you know, what do we do to insulate some of those uh, day-to-day issues? And how do we go to bat for our customers and our manufacturers to smooth the process and make everybody feel at least like they're being helped to the best of our ability? Well, you know, one of the questions that I had for you was to talk through some of the common misconceptions about sales reps um, that you hear and, you know, just that, oh, they're just salespeople or sales queries are easy. And I was going to have you answer it, but I think you've really told the story very well through your communications today, you know, of just all the different variables and the challenges and the wearing multiple hats and sometimes selling, sometimes solution-based, sometimes you're there to help figure out, uh, you know, a problem. But is there anything that you'd want to summarize that you really want to tell people about the career within being a manufacturer's rep and in that sales function? It's really, it's an amazing segment to be in because we get to really advocate for our manufacturers, we get to make sure that their vision and needs are implemented in the market. Um, and we we get to pull those relationships together and use all those years of building that credibility, building that product knowledge, and really go to bat for our manufacturers and our customers' needs combined. Mm-hmm. So it's an amazing position to be in where we can really feel both sides of that business and make sure that the contractor, the wholesaler, the manufacturer are all getting the right product at the right place at the right time. Yeah, that's great. And I imagine, I mean, in, in just from my experience with working with the team team members, that there's a lot of tenure that happens on manufacturing mm-hmm. website, and there's a lot of legacy there and a lot of knowledge, which is so valuable as, as the market changes and the new products come on and codes change. To have that type of uh, knowledge is probably pretty key, too. It is. And we've got some great veterans. And, and like other parts of the business right now, you really want to bring in some youth and you want to build a bench mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that we're taken care of. Because that product knowledge and that knowledge that some of those veterans, once they retire, we need to make sure we've brought in the youth and really absorb that and take the best of those foundations and make sure that we sustain that. Sure. Because on the wholesale side, you've got a lot uh, today where, you know, a click of a button and the and the other opportunities for online sure. uh, are all there, but it really doesn't replace 
what that face-to-face interaction is mm-hmm. and where that relationship building part of our business still sustains. Yeah. It's still a very steadfast part of our business. Yeah, I would agree. Yep, absolutely. I always say one of the most valuable daily experiences that I or one of my men would have is when they went to the counter because that yeah. person there is giving you the raw truth, okay? <laughs> if that sucks, they're going to tell you it sucks. And if it works, they're going to say, hey, you should try this. It works well. Mm-hmm. They will. And, and and that's what it is. It's it's making sure we're getting that, that feet on the street and you should be at job sites. You should be doing trainings in the field. You should be bringing those quality contractors up to the factory uh, and make sure that we are all listening and understanding where the needs are and make sure that we have a solution for yeah. that process. So I want to talk just a little bit about the trades. Um, and I just have a couple, uh, you know, kind of ending questions for you here. But, you know, my, my sure. My first one is, as you step back and you look at the trades, what do you see as kind of your hopes and dreams for this industry and where where it goes in the future? I think I really want to make sure that we are helping all these entities that are trying to get new blood into this business. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it with a lot of the, the, the veterans that are going to retire. And do we have the proper amount of youth and uh, apprenticeships being supported into this business? So through our local um, PHEC, through our our different avenues of our associations, are we doing the proper things as a manufacturer and reps combined to help them support those apprenticeship programs and give them a quality educational program to really excite these youthful guys coming into the business to say, look, this is a great business. You don't have to go to four year if that's not your path. Let's get you into the trades. Let's talk about where we can support this business at a very high level. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, and then lastly is I would, every single one of our podcasts, we try to take some sort of action after it. It's not just a bunch of lip service. Uh, It's a great dialogue, but we also want to be actionable. So it can be a follow-up for later, but I definitely want to see where, where you can see that Odie can do a little bit more to help in that area. What could we do? Could we help sponsor an event at your local PHCC? Could we do something to support? Um, I know we've done a project kind of in your area with the Miracle Mechanical Project. Um, so we've yeah. been trying to support where we can, but I, I definitely would love to hear back from you of how we could help uh, a little bit more. Yeah, and I think that's um, absolutely something that is right here and right now. As we've got these schools and educational opportunities, I think it's putting together, uh, helping them create their agendas, helping Odie be the brand that mm-hmm. uh, these guys see and feel and, and install first, because there's a lot of loyal loyalty built into being first one in the contractor and the apprenticeship's hands. Um, that you hear it all the time that these guys that they put it in because that's the way their dad did it and that's the way their grandfather did it, right. and that's where we should be at the front and center of these support trade associations and, and apprenticeship programs to make sure that we and Odie are at the forefront of helping these guys uh, really come into the trade. Yeah. Well, I agree. And I appreciate, uh, you know, your time today, Mike, your insight. It's been so nice to have you on, get to learn a little bit more about your story, a little bit more about uh, your agency story and, you know, how we can continue to grow this uh, sector. Yeah. Doug, any final thoughts from you? You know, I just want to thank you, Mike, for taking some time out of your day because I know you are a busy guy. Um, I have had the privilege of getting to know some of your team members, uh, you know, a little bit more. Uh, I can tell everyone that the dedication from your organization is second to none. So, you know, I appreciate the fact that you're an extension of us and, uh, you know, 
Always been Absolutely. a pleasure to talk and, and get to know you. Well, great guys. Well, thanks for having me on. Love the podcast. And I, I really appreciate y'all uh, letting me come in and talk a little bit about the rep agency. You got it. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Yep. Bye-bye. Y'all too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Fix. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss our next conversation dropping every Wednesday. If you have feedback about the show or a topic you'd like to see covered, send us an email at thefix@od.com or give us a shout out on social media. We would love to connect with you. Don't forget, you can get your daily fix by visiting od.com and we'll catch you next time.